occurrences just beyond the reach of understanding. Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal and Patreon pals. It's good to see you, Mike. I guess I should include you in this conversation as well, huh? Well, as long as I'm part of it, I might as well be part of it. Ooh, that was profound. <laughs> yes. That was very, very profound. No, this is Patreon episode, what, 53? I think this is 53. Holy crap. Yeah, it's... it's um. I felt like it was time for another one. Well, we both agreed that it was time for another Patreon-exclusive episode. Yes. Time to return to the Creature Features. It's been a while. This one is not exactly a, a, a um, obscure cryptid uh, by any means. One of the, well, I guess one of the better-known cryptids out there. Uh, the more One of the more infamous of them. Definitely not as uh, obscure as like the Snallygaster or the Tetzelworm yeah. or stuff like that, you know. One that we have, we've mentioned briefly, but we've yes. never done a topic dedicated solely to this uh, mystery. Mike, what are we going to be talking about today, my friend? We're going to dive deeply into the legend of the Mothman. Ooh, dun, 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 dun. I thought you were going to say something sick and say we're going to like dive deeply up into the Mothman or something like that. No, you came up with that, not me. I that did. didn't even cross my mind. Okay, good. I'm I'm happy. That wouldn't have either. That's disgusting. Hey, I'm just, just saying. I just I, I never know. Or it could gonna... have been Bigfoot and something to do with Jack Link's. Uh... Ah. <laughs> Or, or, yeah, jerky not, or whatever. We're not going to be reenacting any scenes from Night of the Demon anytime soon. So <laughs> I don't think so. Um, if you, yeah. if you don't know what that reference is about, go listen to our latest episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I gotta ask a question though what prompted the Bigfoot to uh tear off this guy's appendage? Because <laughs> it was just there. I mean, it was just there. Okay, Mike, you're, you're asking for a reason when there is no reason to be found. <laughs> Um, it's just it's uh, gratuitous violence and one of the worst movies of all time but so bad it's it's entertaining yeah, the director you know? says ah don't worry it'll fit yeah <laughs> it'll <laughs> work out we'll get it in there somewhere <laughs> that's another thing it's it's funny as hell because like the, at, at one point i mean they didn't even bother fixing a a, a mess up on the editing because it went to a scene you know, it, it kind of faded out. Then the next scene started and lasted for maybe like a second. And then its screen went black again. And then it went to a totally different scene. And then it went back to the scene that was that lasted for a second. You know, because they, mm. they like totally screwed up the editing, but they're like, nah. Yeah. We're not going to bother. You know, we got to concentrate <laughs> on this guy's wang getting ripped off. That's the main important thing. Yeah. That's why they got Uncle Ernie, the uh, um, <laughs> producer's. Drunk cousin to edit the movie. That's what he probably did. 
Probably has a very <laughs> dull scissors, you know, just literally yeah. cutting the film. <laughs> click, click, and they have to tape it back together. Uh, Nothing that a dull pair of scissors, a roll of scotch tape, and some spit won't, won't take care of. Hey, she legally there, brother. Yeah, it's uh, it's a gem. Anyway. It's a gem. Uh, maybe not a gem, but uh, yeah. I, I suppose if you could shove a lump of coal up your butt then turn it into a diamond, then it would be considered like a, a gem in that matter, but uh, no. <laughs> not a gem. Uh, not a gem. Takes too long. <laughs> uh, Unless you got long. Superman butt cheeks where you can <laughs> squeeze it into <laughs> a diamond. And I just, never thought of Under that. all that pressure. <laughs> That's an idea for a new superhero. I think you just stumbled across something that could... Bring us millions, Mike. The uh, man, the butt man, the diamond maker, and you know, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, golly gee, yeah, Mothman. But well, this is going to be an absolute um, off the cuff discussion, as we mentioned before. We've never done a deep dive into this. It's something that we're, no. both, we're both interested in, but it's I have to say, right off the top of my head, it's something that I've just never. I don't want to lessen the intrigue or by any means i'm saying that kind of sarcastically but something that has never grabbed me personally for whatever reason not the creature itself yeah. but i'm talking about the legend i don't know right i don't know why well uh, if we were from that area it'd be different that's a great point yeah you know i think we i think when we did talk about it was when we were talking about like omens and curses and stuff like that i, I believe because is is that not part of the legend that you know the sighting of a mothman mothman is like a like a, a, a portent of portent of disaster of type disaster thing. yes yeah so i mean yeah the bridge collapse and things like that yeah i mean that obviously happened that really happened i mean it's it's part of history you know but, mm -hmm. but was it really attached was it related to this legendary creature um i don't know it's really difficult for me to to wrap my cryptid interested mind around it but Maybe we'll, maybe that will change by the time we're done talking during this episode, right, Mike? You're going to convince That's me. That's very, very possible. I don't know. I don't know. We were going back and forth between uh, the Owl Man or the Moth Man, but they're very similar in a lot yeah. of ways uh, in physical yeah. descriptions. Uh, different locales. I mean, this is the Owl Man legend is that originates from across the pond, if I am not uh, mistaken. Yeah. And the wings are made by entirely different. Uh, different textures and uh, um, material. Well, sure. I mean, they, they have to be unique in some way, in some shape or form. <laughs> I don't know. Is that Mary in the background? Is she there? She is here. Why, uh, do you see her? I do see her. I don't know if she enjoys being seen, but I, I see her. I see her face. Oh, there. Okay, yeah. Just kind of a <laughs> faded face. Okay. <laughs> chewing on something. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, I hope it's, yeah. <laughs> I hope it's something good. I hope it's something good. <laughs> I want to say something real quick that's totally not related to the topic, okay? Because that's what we usually do. I do that often. I mentioned this to, to Bridget briefly, and yeah, uh, before we started recording, and she was like, "Me, that was nothing," you know. And it probably is nothing, but it was really weird. Um, I was driving Jaden home from tennis practice. I came to the cross in the road there, the T in the road, um, on the counter hoods that I take every day to take a left to get down to Beach Haven Road here, and all that good stuff. So to kind of lay the, the scene here, I'm driving on County Road 6. The final curve is a right curve, and I'm all, I'm, you're kind of going upward. You're elevating a little bit. Then you come mm -hmm. to the T, and you come into um, County Road 87, and they merge. And uh, you take a left on 87, it goes towards Beach Haven Road, goes, goes toward Hubbard, you know, my house. Take a right, it goes back towards um, 
Highway 71. Anyhow, get to that cross in the road there, the T in the road, whatever you want to call it. I do my usual, you know, look to the left, no one coming. Look to the right, no one coming. And, you know, I can see for a good, well, anyone can see for a good distance, both left and right when they get there. When you look to the right, it is going, it is slanting, curving downward. And so if you were coming that way, you'd be going up the hill, mm-hmm. up the hill towards where I am. So I'm look. So the visual isn't as great. The vision isn't as great as far as, as far as you could see, as far as you can see. But anyways, to take a look, I take a left, no one coming, take a look to the right, no one coming, take a left turn, no more than two seconds at most. You know, that's the amount of time that was taken up. Glance at my rear view mirror before I'm even finished with my turn, and there's a damn van behind me taking a left down the road that I just came from. And I, mm. I yelled out loud to Jaden. I was like, where the <laughs> hell did that car come from? And I was like, did I just pull out in front of this damn car? Um, I know I didn't. And Jaden just casually just said, a glitch in the matrix. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She knows. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, yeah, more than likely the, uh, the car was going 195 right, miles an hour. Very fast and come up over that hill. It came up over that hill. But you think I would have, I had my windows down. You know, I think I would have heard the, they would have had to have come to a screeching halt in order to take that sharp left. Yeah. Coming. So again, I'm sure that's what happened. But I'm also kind of terrified that, did I just casually look to the right, see the car, but it didn't register? And yeah. I still pulled out in front of it. I did that once. Oh, it's not that. That's it. It, it made me feel unsettled because yeah. I, was like, I did that to a semi, and he was. And the next thing I remember seeing was the shocked look on his face as he's pushing down on the brakes oh, like crazy. No. See, that's just a thing. This <laughs> I could have been killed. This car was <laughs> was in the process of taking a left, though. I mean, it had to have yeah. it had to have slowed down, Mike, to take a left. And I'm telling you, I didn't. It was no more than two and a half seconds when I and then it was up to speed, going really fast, coming behind you. Yeah, you know, I yeah. you know when I'm at the stop sign, from the time I put the foot on the accelerator again to begin taking a left turn, and by the time I'm straightened out, maybe two and a half seconds at most. Yeah, and then there's a car right behind me taking a left, and. It was just weird. And you, yeah, you so do not expect it because there was nothing there. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it is there. Yeah. I didn't yeah, like Patrick it. Patrick kind of yellowed his shorts a little bit. I, yeah. It was just, I don't know. I, I'm just bothered by that because I'm, <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I think I could have just killed both myself and Jaden, for God's sake. Yeah. I just didn't see a damn car coming. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there are probably a lot worse things that happen than that. that well, be, be thankful for that you don't do those. Very, very true. Yeah. Very, very true. And another, um, uh, before we dive into, another thing I wanted to mention was, and I mentioned this to Bridget as well, and she, again, kind of rolled her eyes at me and said, ah, it's just in your head. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. okay. Anyway, anyways, unfortunately, sadly, a, a co-worker at Northstar just passed away this last weekend. Oh, anybody I know? Um, I think you were gone before he started working there he came in later on he was basically kind of like the maintenance guy um okay his name was gene and um he was i think he may have been in his mid-60s when he passed away um but lifelong heavy smoker and he yeah ended up sure you know lung cancer yeah diet coke and uh diet coke and lung cancer uh sure um but it's just it's you know of course i get 
I am very sensitive, as you know, Mike, and I'm empathetic. <laughs> yes. And I'm empathetic, and I just, I don't know how the hell you can handle your job and how it, how you get so close to so many people and then they pass away. That would bother me too much because I, it's not like I knew this guy. It's not like we were friends, but I spoke to him every day. Right. You know, and you see him every day. And he was there just a few, you know, a month ago, still, you know, he was still working up until he just literally had to stop. Yeah, he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And then, but I mean, so we knew he was ill and you knew that was probably going to happen, but it's still just, you know, it sends shivers down your spine a little bit, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, really? He passed away? So I mentioned this, what I mentioned to Bridget was, you know, I'm telling you, Bridget, you know, not when I'm in that back storage room and stuff, and I'm sure it's just me thinking this way because I'm weirded out by it, but I swear to God, you know, Gene's back there. He's walking around where he always would be, you know, back in the storage room doing maintenance stuff, mm-hmm. whatever, down in, at the other end of the building fixing things. You know, we get down there, and I'm by myself. Of course, I'm by myself, so I'm like, hmm, you know, <laughs> looking around. Are you are you wandering the halls still, you know? Yo, Gene. Yeah, so it's, but again, I'm sure it's just in my head. I know it is, but I felt like I was when I was back there today. Yeah. You know, it's because it's still fresh. We just learned about this yesterday, and so I'm back there and still oh, yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, and then it goes through your mind. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <clears throat> have you uh, had any encounters or heard any shuffling Oh no! feet sounds down the floor where John might still be? Oh, no, no. I mean, I've actually had, you know, I want to been there by myself going in on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever doing whatever work I'm doing, I'm the only one in the lab. You know, I've, I've done those quick EVP sessions. You know, I brought the digital recorder yeah, back right. and stuff. And haven't picked up anything at all. Just really, you know, the, the weird things that are picked up are, you can explain them by just noises that buildings make, you know? Yeah. So I have not yeah. had any personal experiences, experiences there at all in the least bit. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of, you would kind of think that John might be there once in a while. You would think, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was his but baby. Then, that, you know, that was his Yeah, business. oh, yeah, but then I can also hear him saying, what the hell would I want to be around there for after That's, I die? <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know? exactly. <laughs> I, it, it, that, great point, great point. Yeah. So, I again, it's just me and my oversensitive self the last couple days. I well, think, don't. I think I see, see a, I think I'm experiencing a glitch in the matrix, and I feel like a, a recently passed away person is hanging out in the lab. And <laughs> then, yeah, then I get mocked. <laughs> It's good to have that, you know, that thought of, of, you know, being oversensitive, but you also have to accept the uh, amount of sensitivity that you really need to have so you don't blow off everything. That's very true. Yeah, I'm I'm not a cold-hearted cynic by any means. You know, I don't sit there and just immediately dismiss everything. Uh, I think think uh, about it a little bit before I dismiss it. (laughs) You can have something happen that's that's very legit. And you don't dismiss it right away, but you go through two or three different ideas of what it might be other than a paranormal activity, and then you dismiss it. Yeah, when I thought I saw your ghost cat on uh, on our Skype chat that one time, I thought I yeah. saw it you know, reflecting in your mirror, like moving. I was certain I saw it, but then by the next morning, I was like, nah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I saw it. But- of course. I don't know. Oh, Mike's so disappointed in me. I wish you could, could all see his face right now. He's like, of course. <laughs> well, <sighs> I tell you, before we get to the Sally house, you have got to open up a bit because your sensitive uh, 
bracket has to be opened. <laughs> My sensitive bracket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Okay. No, I definitely will, man. I definitely will. Well, just look at it this way. We have a nine-hour drive for you to beat it into my brain that I need oh, to yeah. open up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Your life is going to change after this trip. Well, Mike, let's dive into the, the moth, man. Not literally. Yes. Um, I'm sure this is something that you've been well aware of for many, many, many years. Am I right now? Sure. Question? Yeah. Now, are you? do you consider yourself fairly knowledgeable about the legend, or is it just kind of nah. ca casual? Casual. Same here. Yeah. No. Well, you know, like you said, it's it's an interesting cryptid, but it doesn't pique the interest like yeah. I, I you know, and I don't many mean of this, the other ones. I, I don't mean to not sell the interest of this episode. You know, oh, because, absolutely. But you know, we're just. I'm just being honest. It's. I don't know. It's. Yeah. It's, it's difficult for me to to, to get it, get into. I suppose, but. Uh, <laughs> we we really saying, are selling it, aren't I we? I keep saying get into as well. It's like, oh man. Well, I pulled out my um my uh, American Monsters book by Linda S. Godfrey, and I want to tell you, Mike, when I first saw a creepy picture of Mothman, this is I'm not joking. My reaction was, <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was. <laughs> I wanted to share that with you because that that was me. That's you. <laughs> So, <laughs> I was going to say that's not uh, so that's um, not Christopher Walken or no, anything. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> so Chris Walken, how you know, this is how Chris reacted when you heard you, you know, yeah. you know, and then you guys can just go back and forth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think, uh, and that's not really me screaming. That's me uh, imitating Mary that's screaming. Right. That's right. Absolutely. So I'm going to make good use of that one whenever we're talking about something <laughs> That'll be great. remotely creepy or just out of the just out of the blue all of a sudden I'll just play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll get some new, some really good new ones at the Sally house. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mike one and I Patrick got... screaming like a little girl and they sound exactly the same. <laughs> Like sounds like I'm passing a stone or something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. That last fart uh, kind of flapped my hemorrhoid a little too hard. Oh man! <laughs> yep, this is the first sound you hear after Mike locks the bathroom door. <laughs> uh, then shortly after you hear that scream, you hear me saying in a low voice. Is it supposed to be that color? <laughs> yeah. no. no, it isn't. <laughs> so, oh, man, a lot. Uh, anyway, I, the other I didn't pull that one up. Pulled that one up, but the other other uh, clip that I I cut out and saved was your. At one point, you called yourself a pasty white ghosty, and the yeah. one, so, so I got that on here too. I call myself that often. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? I could pull that up actually right now. That'll be that'll be funny. <laughs> do you mind if I do that live? This is Patreon. You can go right ahead. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to delete Mike. Yeah, for now. We'll bring it back up. No, no worries. No worries, everybody. As I'm not even talking to my microphone. It'd help if I talked into the microphone. And then the other one was um, pasty white ghosty, and there it is. Pasty white ghosty. Isn't that a Beatles song? Pasty white ghosty. <laughs> Ghosty, ghosty. It's wings. All right. Ah! Uh, well, Mike, how did you how how did you look to Mary in the middle of the night standing in your underwear? Pasty white ghosty. That's right. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
What would be the most ter- uh, what would be the most terrifying thing to see uh, in a, in a dark alley? Pasty white ghosty. That's right. How would you react to seeing? How would you react to seeing a pasty white ghosty? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Mothman. <laughs> We're 20 minutes in, and we haven't even began talking about it. <clears throat> Obviously, this uh, revolves in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Mike. You know that. It right? does. Um, started in like 1966, I believe. Well, mid sixties right. was its like first inception. Ah, I learned something right away in the first sentence of this chapter: the Mothman of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and Galapolis, Ohio. Mm. Never heard of Galapolis, Ohio. If you're from Galapolis, Ohio, am I am I butchering the pronunciation? And um, have you seen the Mothman? Yeah. I'm not sure. That's that's hmm. that's that's interesting. Ah! Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's actually a 12 foot tall statue of the. Uh, I would love to go to that Mothman in Point Pleasant, and that uh, Point Pleasant, I mean, and it presides over the annual Mothman Festival, featuring tours, music, speakers, and monstrous souvenirs. That would be cool to go to that festival. It would, yeah. You know they. Um, just like any other place that has a creature, they capitalize oh, on God, it. And why not? Well, there's a museum there that actually is totally dedicated to the Mothman as well. Yeah. So, yeah, why not? We can add that to a list. We uh, Don't they do s- stuff like that similar down in Roswell as well? You know. Oh, absolutely huge. Yeah. Everything there is uh, has something to do with an alien. You know, I know. I, I could do that in town here. I could. There's a. There's buildings that are for rent. I could. Put together the uh, pasty white ghosty man museum. Oh. Pasty white ghosty. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> maybe you know, maybe that should be a, a phrase on a, on a new paranormal zone T-shirt. Pasty white ghosty. There you go. Man, why not pasty white? You know what I could do too if I did that in Enderlin here. What's that? You could I, I could have a, a a picture of me, a very kind of a large one, uh, <laughs> out in the room of this museum of me and my pasty white body and underwear and have the head cut out so people can put their face in there, oh, there you and go. take pictures of themselves <laughs> as the pasty white ghosty. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. Oh, again, you could be onto something, Mike. Could be yeah. onto something. Yeah, you're correct. You have snacks and everything, Ooh. pasty white crawlers or something that you can <laughs> do for a dollar. <laughs> Anyways. Hot cross buns <laughs> with peanut butter and jelly. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> that didn't sound good to me right there. You had me up until that hot cross buns. I don't know why that sounded funny. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, uh, Mothman, uh, the legend of the Mothman, described as a humanoid slash moth chimera. chimera. Uh, dozens, uh, if not hundreds of people have claimed to have seen it during the early to mid-1960s. Originally described it as something more akin to the a like large big bird or perhaps mm-hmm. like an owl man. The earliest known sighting occurred in 1961 on West Virginia State Route 2 in the colorfully named Chief Cornstalk Wildlife Management Area. Hmm. Okay. The very first documented sighting, 1961. Okay, so I was off a little bit of the... Well, you were right on with as far as like the, the, the plethora of sightings definitely occurred in the in Sure, the yeah. That's like probably 
working its way up to the bridge collapse. Okay, uh, walking through this slowly but surely, the witnesses to this, and I'll have to read through this, so I'll try not to do it in a boring way. That's okay. Uh, just so we get some of the facts correct here, the witnesses to the possible Mothman precursor were a father and daughter who were driving through that area that we mentioned before, the Chief Cornstalk Wildlife Management Area. That's tough to say. Uh, they slowed their vehicle up to spotting a large figure poised in the center line ahead on the road and were surprised, obviously, to see that it appeared to look like some sort of unknown humanoid. Uh, they realized it wasn't an errant human traveler when it snapped out a pair of its wings that were so wide that the tips, as described in so many cases, reached either side of the road. Now, that's pretty darn... Mm. That's that's a pretty good-sized wingspan right there. Yeah, well, depending on the size of the road, but yes... You would surmise that it's quite large. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Now, luckily, the daughter who was driving, they didn't worry about hitting the creature because, you guessed it, it simply sailed straight up into the air and vanished into the night. So that was the first documented mm. sighting. How would you react, Mike, if you saw something like that? I mean, think about that for a second. Would I would you, be would extremely be... excited, but I okay. would be terrified for a moment. Now, would you sit and then there? I would hope to calm down a little bit. Would you try and talk yourself off the ledge, so to speak, and say, "Did I just see what I thought I saw, or is that like was that just like a giant owl, you know, in the middle?" Yeah, of the I'd be. Know? Yeah, I, I. You would have to question yourself at first, but then, and then you just have to really, you know, take it as it is. How you seen it? How you had seen it? And you know, did it uh, like shake the car as a more of a physical Ooh. proof? You know, as it uh, came by or or if it, you know. Now, more uh, another uh, well-known, well, I should say well-documented sighting occurred five years after this when Roger and Linda Scarberry were driving their friends, Steve and Mary Mallet, around a former military munitions facility on the outskirts right. of Point Pleasant that was locally known as the TNT Bunker Area. Yeah, that's a uh, quite a big part of the story there. Now the, the two bunkers, young, yeah. the two young married couples then saw something much scarier than the abandoned buildings. First, they noticed, which became part of the lore and legend, the bright red shining eyes leering out of the darkness. That's a huge. That's a very common description of the Mothman or the Mothman. Right, legend. exactly. The very bright red glowing eyes. I think I remember seeing some cryptid program about like a, like a couple who are kind of like on a lover's lane type thing out and maybe like the woods or on the back road somewhere. And they're doing what lovers do, you know, when they, <laughs> when they had to, uh, I mean, don't ask me. I don't know. Um, and, uh, when they basically were, terrified enough to get the hell out of there when they saw these bright red eyes yeah. forming behind them and started chasing after them, you know, and they're watching it behind them, you know, just these massive eyes that were just, you know, obviously they were levitating or flighting somehow. And it's like, hey, I don't know about that. Thank you very, very much. We're out of here. Now, after noticing the shining eyes, they, then they noticed, oh boy, <laughs> then or they then notice a gray thing the size and shape of a tall man emerge from the shadows. And exactly as the father and daughter did in 1961, the foursome decided very quickly 
that the bipedal creature was not human when it again revealed its huge wings attached to the back. Scarberry, quote unquote, whipped a Yui. <laughs> whipped a Yui. <laughs> 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 um, it says here to borrow 1960s era teen slang. I've said whip a Yui. I mean, we all say whip a Yui. Haven't we said that? Yeah, sure. I, I remember it like in the 70s. You know, this might be the story I'm talking about, actually. Yeah, I, I for some reason I was remembering just one couple, but apparently this is when they were together with their friends. Yeah, because after they whipped the Yui and tried to speed out of the bunker area, the creature began to sail after them. It kept up with the automobile, even though Scarberry later admitting to reaching speeds of up to 100 miles an hour. And in the background, you hear very lightly, sticks come sail away. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Saying to them in a very eerie owl-like screech. (laughs) Yeah, because they did say that when they flew, the creature supposedly emitted ear-splitting squeaks. Squeaks. That reminded the couples of a huge mouse. (laughs) Are you serious? That's what it <laughs> uh, it's the moth mouse something. The moth mouth. Moth mouth. The mouth moth. Squeaks. Mouth. I can't talk the mouth. I just said the mouth moth. Ooh. Actually, we all know what they heard. They kept on hearing. So. <laughs> I, you know, I think they should have. <laughs> it would have been uh, a little bit better if they would have used the word screeched. Yeah. Instead of squeaked. Because Squeak. it's like. Yeah. You know, I know. you don't, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't really fit. It doesn't sound as eerie. It's just kind of, yeah. But yeah, apparently they likened it to sounding like a big, big old giant mouse. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, the couples, uh, uh, the thoroughly frightened couples drove straight to the sheriff's office to, of course, report their experience. And the officers actually took them seriously enough to investigate. But, however, obviously no flying humanoid was seen. And, of course, the teenagers endured serious ribbing from everyone they knew when the incident became public. But the couples have stuck to their story throughout the years. They've never changed their story whatsoever. Well, wasn't there a car that was also damaged by... Had some damage on the front of the vehicle, if I remember seeing that on a right. You might be right on that. <clears throat> I know there was one creature, it might have been like um, a lizard man type creature that supposedly yeah, yep. caused damage to an individual's vehicle. And I can't pull it what exactly that uh, legend, what its name is, but I know yeah. I thought it was some sort of like lizard beast of mm. some sort. Now it goes on here, again this is a great book, American Monsters by Linda Godfrey. The couples didn't feel alone when other people began reporting the same creature. A Charleston news reporter, in fact, intending a wordplay on the popular comic and TV character Batman, thus dubbed the winged thing Mothman. And of course, that was became that became an instant sensation, picked up by the pot the, the pus, by the press and the public alike. <laughs> picked up by the pus. Yeah, got a little bit of infection going there, but you can get some uh, clean that up. <laughs> uh, the couple, the people's descriptions remain remarkably consistent in their details, as author John Keel noted in his 1990 edition of Strange Magazine. Did you ever have that magazine, Strange Magazine? Or is that? Do they ever have what? It's called Strange Magazine. Ever ever had that? Oh, I've I've heard of it. Um, I don't think I've ever had an issue of it. No. Uh, some of the physical descriptions, have, as we have already talked about, is taller than a large man, 
uh, maybe seven feet tall, fiery red eyes. No one was ever able to really seriously discern or describe the look of the face because the eyes dominated the face. The wingspan was always around six feet wide, if not more. But they couldn't tell you, witnesses couldn't in general tell you if it was covered in fur or feathers or scales. It just appeared as an awesome apparition, big, dark, black, with fiery red eyes. Right. And being as dark as it is, I mean, the eyes are going to be the prominent thing that you see. Yeah. And then it's always at nighttime. So, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. a dark creature. So who knows exactly what it does look like? We can't get a really good uh, description of it. It uh, goes on to say it, it, it was appearing to be some kind of occult apparition. It was very selective in the people that it picked out. It picked out people who were about to die. And some of them did die during that period on the bridge and so on. It picked out attractive young women for one thing. Now, this is these. I'm reading all these quotes from this strange magazine, by the way, by author John Keel. However, the Scarberries and Mallets obviously did not come to any harm. And so author John Keel's opinion that the creature was an occult apparition remains controversial. So that's kind of interesting, an occult apparition. How, yeah. What, what do you think of when you think of an occult apparition, like something conjured, maybe? Right. That's what uh, would initially come to mind, I would believe. Kind of like a satanic conjuring of a evil yeah. entity. Okay. That kind of adds a little... More terror to it than my my mind to feel something man made. Oh sure, yeah, exactly. Excuse me. Do you think that something is man made, Mike? If it's conjured from the spirit realm like that, man made. If they, if you were like in a in in an occult, like a satanic cult, and you are doing whatever type of, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Your experiments, your 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 chants, you know, all, all your your evil practices, and you somehow conjure up this being from the depths of the other side. Is that considered technically, is that technically man-made? Or is that just something that has been summoned mm-hmm. through uh, our... Well, I think it could be something that's, uh, and most likely summoned, something that already existed. But okay. if you have the cult... um experience and the followers and you put the power into it maybe it's just the power of the mind but you can build this piece by piece by in picturing it in your mind during a ceremony and you're actually building that oh creature from your mind i like that idea and from the mind of minds of all the uh the uh occult followers that are there are you petting your dog by the way no. Oh. I'm moving my cane. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell. You're, you were, your, your arm was moving, so I was, I just want to make sure. <laughs> you just couldn't see what was going on yeah, past that, well, could I, you? I was hoping Mary wasn't down there. I don't see her anymore, <laughs> so I was just making sure. Oh, there she is. I see her. <laughs> uh, we better give uh, some of the, the facts here about the, um, the tragic occurrence here. Obviously, the Scarberries and Mallets did not die during their um, experiences there. But, however, 46 area residents, some of them witnesses or relatives of witnesses, did die one year later when the Silver Bridge, which crosses the Ohio River at Point Pleasant, collapsed on December 15, 1967. The accident caused by the failure of a supporting eye bar pin 
occurred around 5 p.m., which was the worst possible time because, well, traffic and also a full load, well, a full load of rush hour vehicles plunged helplessly into the icy river. The Mothman sightings slowed down after that, but the legend lived on. So that's where the whole, you know, like you said, the portent to disaster right. comes from. Mm-hmm. Let's think about that for a second, Mike. Do you buy into that possibility? Do you buy into the notion that we are somehow we are somehow warned of impending doom? That in 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 this in the form of something such as this, some sort of absolutely. You know, if future. you if you have any Scottish or Irish blood in you at all, <clears throat> you have to believe in the uh, in the banshee. And what other portent of disaster is there more than that? And we've discussed the banshee <clears throat> before as well, too. So it's it, it's it's something that I, I definitely think it's possible. But at the same time, what is the purpose of it? If this is malevolent in nature, okay, we'd have to think of, well, let me rephrase that. If this was a portent of doom, well, then would you not think of it as benevolent, not malevolent, because it's trying to warn us, perhaps? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't think there's there's anything evil about it at all. It's a it, it's like a a warning or real. A, okay, so you don't let or I even want a you welcoming. Be, I want you to be very clear on that. You do not think of the Mothman if legit if real you don't think of it as an evil entity of any sort you think of it as something that is trying to well let's just let's just state it simply trying to help us well you know why would it help us as well i mean because is there uh something in it for the mothman if it helps uh people or is it just something that it is that's interesting. You know, that, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, benevolent and doesn't actually need a reason. It's just part of the purpose. It's there. Hmm. It okay. never has hurt anyone, you know, physically that I remember. So I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this where it doesn't absolutely hurt my brain and, and yours. So are we to think of it maybe as something that is just part of the cycle of life? It's something that it may not necessarily be a physical entity on its own, but it's just part of the Earth's energy. If we, are we, if we are to think of the Earth as a sentient being in itself, is, is something like the Mothman, these, these warnings, is it something that the earth is sending out trying to forewarn its inhabitants aka us do you get mm. where i'm kind of going at there it's i do i do it's uh it's an interesting thought um i, I really not I, totally out of the question i did hurt my brain trying to think i didn't describe it as well as i can see it in my head you know i can't really put it into words right now but hey that's that's the point of off the cuff conversation because uh mm. this is utterly unprepared just like ran, uh, retro and randoms I think it's okay. <laughs> or is the Mothman simply Richard Gere dressed up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be. I've never even seen that movie. It's something that I've wanted to see, and I've never done it. I think I've seen parts of it. I 
I don't know. I don't remember. You you keep looking like you're fiddling with your knob, and it worries me. It's the knob of my cane. I know. <laughs> it's like, are you like? Do you have to go to the bathroom? Are you jittery? No. Nope, you like? No, I'm just. Uh, are you like just going, leaning? Hurry up, Patrick, and end this things. I need to go eat type stuff. Oh or? no. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to peruse through this stuff as as quickly as I can here. Uh, Keel's articles about the Mothman appeared in 1960s magazines such as the Flying Saucer, Saucer Review, uh, Fate Magazine. Uh, Kate added in the Fate, Keel added in the Fate article that the region in question was not only haunted by strange aerial lights, the home of the witnesses were plagued with poltergeists and other supernatural phenomena. Mm. I do read, that does sound familiar yeah. Now that I read that. So that's interesting. So that kind of, to me, does that lend a little bit of weight to the idea that is that the Mothman is part of something larger, you know? Yes, definitely something larger. If it's, uh, yeah, it's it's picking and choosing it's uh, who sees it and for whatever a specific reason. And it doesn't finish with you at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it says here, this goes on, says that, you know, like such things as television sets were burning out at alarming rates. Telephones were ringing, going off the hook, going crazy, ringing at all hours of the day and night with no one on the other end. This is what all these witnesses were saying. Uh, people were getting calls from mysterious strangers speaking a cryptic language. Okay, that's weird. Mm. Now, yeah. most disturbing of all, perhaps mutilated dogs and farm animals began showing up about the same time as... These UFOs, what the hell is going on in Point Pleasant right before the bridge collapse, right yeah. after the Mothman appears? That makes you scratch your head. Yeah, there's a lot going on there that uh, if, if the same pattern starts again, say, in like within the next five years, people are going to be wondering and thinking about it, like what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Keel, author John Keel here, he refers to locations such as Point Pleasant. He refers to them where multitudes of strange things occur, usually after being jump-started by the appearance of a UFO, as quote-unquote window areas. Now, Keel says, Point Ple this is a quote from Keel, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is a typical window area. There are hundreds of others throughout the United States, states, each marked by continuous UFO activity over long periods of time, bizarre monster sightings, and mysterious comings and goings of unusual persons. Keel also added that he knew of other Mothman-like sightings as late as 1969 that went unreported. Window areas. Mm. Is Point Pleasant a window area, Mike? Like, is, is Skinwalker Ranch a window area where stuff is just prone to happen? I, th I think on maybe a little bit smaller scale, I think that's uh, very possible. Has something to do with those uh, those ammunition bunkers too. Uh, whether it's the bunkers themselves or the land that's there, you know, because that is a big part of the Mothman. Can you uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that at all? Or well, those bunkers where the people had gone to. Um, I think the Mothman had been seen in that area, like uh, um, like the bunkers were someplace that it it stayed or spent time at. Now, this is interesting. 
It says here the Mothman. May, this I've never heard of this before, Mike. I think you'll find this interesting. It says here the Mothman may even have had its own brush with celebrity. In an article on connections between UFOs and rock and roll stars, published in Fate magazine in February 2006, writer Sean Castile revealed an eerie story about legendary rock guitarist Jimi Hendrix. Castile explained that the story came from a writer and bass player named Curtis Knight, who had been a member of an early band Hendrix had played in, and who later wrote a book published in 1992 called Jimi Hendrix Star Child. The event took place during a heavy snowstorm in upstate New York after Hendrix and his band became stuck on the road on their way back to New York City after a minor engagement. The windows of the car had frozen shut, temperatures were dangerously cold, and the car had begun to fill with poisonous carbon monoxide. That's not good. Two members had already succumbed and were unconscious when Jimmy peered through the falling snow to see a strange cone-shaped craft descend to a nearby spot. A humanoid entity exited the craft, and Knight claimed Hendrix later described it as a, quote, kind of like a cross between a feathered creature, maybe like Mothman, and an angel. This is Jimi Hendrix talking about this. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yes, we all know that Jimmy was, uh, well, let's say, uh, let's put it lightly, he was feeling pretty good most of the time during his short, leg- sure. short legendary life. Did he really see something? Or was uh, did he perhaps ingest something that was affecting... Well, and just because he may have ingested oh, I know. does not mean that he did not, didn't see it. I know, I know, and that's that's the thing too, Mike. It's but it really, yeah, you have to put that doubt in there, though. <clears throat> so obviously, Hendrix died in 1970. It was long before the, the book was written, and he was no longer be able to confirm, deny, or elaborate upon his former bad bandmate's story. So I don't know, man. This is uh, it's a fascinating. This is very brief, like uh, Cliff Notes version of the beginning of this legend. That's for sure. I wanted to try and find what um, scientists say more than likely is behind the legend of the Mothman, like what physical creature it actually was. I read this earlier, and now I'm trying to find the exact quote. Bear with me for a second here. Basically, it was like a giant extinct owl that they're saying that maybe somehow survived and was, I mean, because that happens. I mean, the seal, yeah, it's I keep saying, yeah, it's the actually can't for God's sakes. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, you've heard of the pterodactyl. The pterodactyl? <laughs> I don't think I've heard of the pterodactyl. <laughs> I think Mike's joking. The pay on play on words, a pterodactyl <sighs> and a pterodactyl. Jesus, <laughs> that went nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, your damn poker face and your, your the tone of your voice. I'm just like, come on, man, work with me here. Work. Well, I can't find a damn thing, but uh, it's an interesting legend, that's for sure. Mike, do you have what's your vibe of the Mothman legend? I mean, let, let's just let's just kind of riff it here for the last final minutes. Well, I believe that there's something there. Um, 
there's enough that uh, um, it, it. But the thing is, is it can be anything. You know, uh, you know, that first time it was spotted, it could have been, you know, what made it look like that was uh, a mixture of shadow, moonlight, a street light, and um, you know, a car driving by or something. You know, this is a you know going the negative direction, but I mean, uh, you know, trying to explain it off, but um, there, to me, there's obviously, obviously something there, mm -hmm. you know, and then that after that first sighting, um, you know, the next people that see something that looks like what was described as the Mothman, and then it keeps, you know, building up and building yeah. up and building up and they're going to say, oh, that's right, you know, because they may not, they they may even be doing it subconsciously, you know, they could exactly. be, exactly. they were aware of what they had heard, and then, yeah, not purposely, you know, trying to no, pull no. something over on somebody, but, yeah. You know, unfortunately, you know, they're not trying, they're, they're not consciously trying to deceive people, you know, that, right. unfortunately, that's just how these, a lot of these things, well, I shouldn't say a lot of them, you know, quite a few of these legends get rolling, you know, because it's just, as you said, Mike, it's a slow burn almost, you know, as one person right. says something, then the other person catches on. And then before you know it, it's like the telephone game almost, you know? It's, yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, one person says one thing at one, at one end of the line. And by the time it gets to the other person, it's totally dip, different, you know, it's, mm -hmm. but the one thing that gets me about this, I mean, it's fascinating. It's interesting. I don't know where I sit on it really. Um, not the Mothman physically, the legend. It's the the part that gets to me most is what we were talking about earlier briefly is about all the other phenomena that was going on in the right. in the city. I mean, we're talking about multiple people, multiple witnesses, you know, maybe in, in the hundreds who were claiming like poltergeist activity in their houses, you know, and their television sets, you know, just blowing up basically. Their phones yeah. ringing off the hook. Cryptic messages, the electrical issues. I again, is something really weird going on in the land there? You know, Mike. Um, yeah. Well, that's very likely considering how much activity and how many different types of activity is going on. There's, there's a lot more going on than uh, the Mothman. I mean, everything that does happen or has happened there, maybe it, it culminated into the. Uh, you know this this form of the Mothman. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, who knows? I mean, it's it's it definitely could be literally just physically related. It could be Earth that's causing all of this. Could be some really unbelievably power, powerful electromagnetic stuff that's happening in the ground. You know, hell, I mean, it says it was a. a faulty eye bar pin that caused the bridge to drop but maybe the earth itself had something to do with the bridge collapse you know i, I don't know i'm not sure if earthquakes are common in that area of the country or if they're possible even um if, mm -hmm. you, li if you live in ohio please let us know i'm not uh i don't know either way do you mike i mean it's <laughs> I would think that you know an earthquake would be technically possible well, anywhere. We've had, I've had, we've had earthquakes 
here very tiny that you can barely feel. Yeah, you know, so you know, but it's been a very extremely rare thing. Yeah, who knows? I, I guess what I guess the point I'm getting at is that I'm kind of talking myself into that the the notion, the possibility that this is earth related mm -hmm. as far as all those phenomena and it just happens to coincide with the mer with the emergence of this legend. And so it all kind of comes together and it's just a perfect match, you know, it just helps the legend endure. Coincidentally, a perfect match. Yeah, it helps the legend endure, it helps the legend grow. And hell, mm -hmm. we're sitting talking about it on a Patreon episode now in 2022, you know. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I don't know. But then think of it this way too, maybe there is somebody back in the early 60s that, that uh, um, had an idea, oh, let's see where this goes, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know, can't you can't dismiss that possibility either. There are people that just straight out make shit up. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is true, man. But you know, the more witnesses you have, and the more things that uh, you know that are seen, maybe the more legit it is. But I mean, just the thought of it and thinking about it and getting freaked out about if you're going to see something. Is going to make you see something, whether it's there or not. Very true, man. That's very possible as well. Your mind, so. your mind can play tricks on you. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah. I'm not dismissing the possibility that there is something freaking weird flying around that looks like an owl and a yeah. human. Yeah, or, or we have not, uh, or have we suggested the the final possibility of what this could possibly be? Uh, well, lay it on me. I don't know if we have. It's a demon straight oh, from hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had to go there, didn't you? you, just, you well, you know, there. What, what's your thoughts on that? Hmm. I'm, I don't lend a lot of credence to that for whatever reason. I, that's just my vibe. I need to think about that for a little while. But yeah. my, my immediate reaction would be, no, it's not demonic in nature. But I, I guarantee if I sat there and thought about it and pondered about mm -hmm. it, I could probably go, well, shit, maybe it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then it leads you down on 9,000 other paths of conversation that we don't have time to dive into right now. Right. Well, Mike, um, hey, yeah, we're up to about 55 minutes. Uh, thanks, buddy, for making this work tonight. I appreciate it. Are you hey. up, are you up for this weekend to do that double dose for retro Absolutely. And randoms, man? We need to get a couple of retro and randoms out. We're a little bit behind. It shall be good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I'll let you go. You can go play with your knob on your own <laughs> time. You can relax and chill, and you can keep on uh, appearing in front of Mary as a pasty white ghosty. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I, I will. That happens pretty much every night. Okay. All, right. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, until next time, boys and girls. Ah, God damn it. I'm going to be playing that. <laughs> playing that a lot. Well, you have a good night, Mike. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Hit, help spread the Patreon word if you want to support yes. the podcast, which you guys are. We love you all so much for helping us out right now. Absolutely. Get a friend or a family member to try it out for as little of us as a buck. Yep. So, or strangers. Or strangers. Matter. Or strangers. Yeah, just walk up to them. Walk yep. up to them with your Paranomaly Zone sticker and just go, <laughs> yeah, that'll get them. All right. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot, buddy. Until next time, what do our buddies out there need to do, my friend? Easy jout. <laughs>